Hey there, welcome to Speaking Llama, a Survivor podcast. My name is Caleb Loomis. I am one of your co-hosts. And today on Speaking Llama, we will be having another Survivor duel where we are going to pit two great Survivor players against one another and see who comes on top as the best Survivor player. Check it out. What's up, and welcome back to Speaking Llama, a Survivor podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alex, along with my co-host, as always, Caleb, the man, the myth, the loom, Loomis. Hey, Caleb, that, what's up, man? That's, well, not the loom part, but the man, the myth, the, the legend, that's my line, but right. I'll not take offense to that. No, but I'm doing well, Alex. How are you? I am good. We're here. It's episode three, and, yeah. and we were talking right before we pressed record. And yeah. we're thinking this may be our best episode yet. Oh, uh, Alex, this, it, it may not be our best episode because who, who actually knows? <laughs> but it is definitely our, going to be the best matchup that we've had. And we've we've had Robin Sandra already. Right. And that's, that's saying something. So if you're here with us, stick around uh, through all of this. If you have made it through to episode three, congrats to you because this is, I think, where we're going to shine. Exactly. And if we don't shine, just, you know. Give us another shot next week. <laughs> so, Caleb, my question for you today. Yes. Uh, I know that you want to be on Survivor. Obviously, yes. I think you could do great on Survivor. I also think um, I'd be great. I don't like admitting that out loud to you. but Well, you, now you're admitting it for the world to hear, so. Yeah, good point. Um, so, I'm curious, what combination of former players do you think you would play most like? Great like, question. W- w- Give us an idea of what it would look like for you actually on the island. Yeah, well, it's a good thing I've already answered this in a Survivor audition video, so this (laughs) is actually really easy for me. Uh, But honestly, I think it'd be like a combination of Kim Spradlin, Sarah Lucina, and Rick Devins. Right? You got you got that Kim. Kim's just like how she wins people over, and like it's like in her whole season, it's like Kim's gonna win. Clearly, Kim's gonna win. They have a whole challenge where it's like, who's our favorite person ever? Kim. And the whole tribe says it's like Kim's gonna win. <laughs> so right, it's that that goodness that she has uh, that to win people over. But then it's also Sarah Lucina's ability to sit back, listen, and be cutthroat and ruthless. But it's like everyone still thinks Sarah's their best friend. I don't know how she does it. I mean, I know how she does it, but because uh, I do it with you all the time. Uh, and uh, then you got just like that energy of Rick Devins, that bam in your face. Because I'll tell you what, if I was ever on the bottom, oh man. All hell is going to break loose. And I, I, I actually might want to be on the bottom in Survivor just to have some fun. All right. I'll hold you to that. What about you? <laughs> um, I have not thought of this uh, previously like you have. Then why but did you ask the question? I, it, it sounded fun. <laughs> um, in an ideal world, I see myself as Jeremy Collins. You know, the charismatic, athletic, social, all-around threat, but can win the game. Yeah, like it's just a normal day. Now then, I sit back and reflect on who I really am, and I realize I am nothing like Jeremy Collins. There are some differences <laughs> that come to mind. I aspire to be Jeremy Collins, but I think I am much more like Stephen Fishback in the and way. And there it is. Yeah, in the way I would play the game, uh, I think his his loyalty, his um, strategic ability, but also sometimes those you know in second chances when he's like. He has a slingshot, or he has a slingshot, and he yes. like hits the wrong tribe's uh, board and gets them a point. I could very much see myself doing that. I've also gone on record to say I would play like either Chase Rice from Nicaragua 
or Bradley from Ghost Island. Um, so th okay. that, that is quite a combination. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm hearing is Bradley from Ghost Island, Chase Rice, and Stephen Fishback. Yes. All right, then. Well, at least you're podcasting like Stephen Fishback, so. That is true. That, that is true. And so before we get started, real quick, just as a reminder, we will be debating uh, two former castaways, um, and we're going to have some fun with it. Uh, but we always want you to know that we are debating the characters that we've seen on our TV screens. Uh, we don't know these people in real life, um, and so we can only go off of the edited character that we've seen on the TV show. We don't know them yet, Alex. True. Yet. True. Right? Because that's the whole reason I'm doing this podcast, just to meet Survivor players. Uh, yeah, that is why we're doing it. And uh, so if you aren't familiar with our uh, setup, because maybe for whatever reason you like to watch the world burn and jumped into episode three and not <laughs> episode one and two, why someone would do that, I don't know, but that's just me. Uh, but uh, our format is we're taking Survivor player A, Survivor player B, and Let's imagine we're at a final tribal council where we're seeing uh, everyone, their whole game, any game that they've played in, all the information that we have uh, at our fingertips about what was shown on the screen. And we're going to use that final tribal council format of outwit, outplay, outlast, and argue for each of our survivor contestants. And ultimately, we obviously have a side in who we're arguing for, uh, but we want you guys to decide. We want you to see who made the better argument or if we left things out that we should have said. Uh, or when Alex is ultimately wrong, you can just tell him that he's wrong. Uh, but uh, Alex... That's not going to happen. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I said this at the beginning of the podcast. I am so excited for this episode because we have... I, I'm just... <laughs> we have... Natalie Anderson going up against Michelle Fitzgerald, and what a ma oh man, it's incredible! What, what a mashup! And, and I was thinking about this on my drive over here. Survivor is known for having badass women, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, the list goes on. Yes. Michelle and Natalie are two of the most badass women to play the game. Listen, re re yes, researching this, I was like, man, I I don't like. <laughs> I know that I know who I'm arguing for tonight, and I know who you're arguing for tonight, but I was like, I, I love both of these exactly. women. Exactly. And, like, they're both so incredible. And even as, I, even as I read more of their stuff, I was like, oh, they're just amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm so excited to talk, to talk about them because it's, A, two former, like, two two-time players. Mm -hmm. Both of them lasted 39 days on both of their seasons. They're the only two to make it to the final tribal council in both of the seasons that they've been on. Mm -hmm. uh, they both won their first season, lost their second season, obviously. Um, shout out to uh, you know, our namesake, Tony right. Blancos. Uh, but like even more so, like we, we just got off Winners at War, where we watched what I would argue is one of the best endings to a season mm -hmm. uh just because we had three winners that like if you would have told me they would have like any of them would have won i would have like there there's a case for everyone i mean tony i think was the clear winner ultimately but if michelle or natalie would have walked away with that uh grand prize mm -hmm. i would have been like oh, okay sure. well deserved well deserved like in, but in each of them were so unique and so that's why i'm so excited to talk about both of these mm -hmm. uh and i will be taking the reins for the great Natalie Anderson. Yep. And you will be taking Michelle Fitzgerald. I'm so excited. Yes. And I'm going to be honest. Like, I, w I was, Aubrey should have won. I was toting that flag. Like, really? For, for years, years. Like, Aubrey should have won. 
And then I watched Michelle in Winners at War, and I was like, I was dead wrong. <laughs> and so I love both of these people. I, I do think I'm going to win because I think Natalie is ultimately the better player. But <laughs> we'll, see. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. So setting the stage, again, final Tribal Council, Natalie versus Michelle. As a reminder, Natalie played on both on both season 40, Winners at War, along with Michelle. But then her first season was season 29, San Juan del Sur, Blood versus Water 2. Which is funny enough, now that I'm saying this now, both of these are the second are on second um, a, a se- the second season of a theme. Oh right? yeah. Right. So and Michelle is on 40 and season 32, uh, Co Rong, which is Brains, Beauty, Brawn, Two. So uh, all <laughs> another the, similarity. All the connections. Here we go. Uh, so with that said, we're gonna jump into opening statements and then we'll go into our different sections about what I'll yep. play. Outlast. Yep. And Caleb, um, you know, pride always comes before the fall, and you seem very confident. So I want you to go first for your opening statement. Sure. Yeah. Ultimately, Natalie Anderson has one of the greatest wins in Survivor history, just from from top to bottom, and how she played San Juan del Sur. Uh, And then, I, I can't, I can't deny she got voted out first. Winners at war. But the good news is that Edge of Extinction was there, uh, and all the contestants knew about Edge of Extinction this time, so they knew that that was a like factor in the game. Uh, and then she goes on and dominates Edge of Extinction, Fire Tokens, all the things, and, and in terms of that aspect of the game, goes in and dominates. So not only does she dominate normal Survivor, she then takes this new twist, which Survivor always likes to throw at us, and breaks the system in, in the best way possible. Uh, And so with that, Natalie has done more with her Survivor experience, her Survivor games, than Michelle has. And ultimately is going to beat Michelle in what is arguably a a very, very close contest. Interesting. So you think Natalie has done more with her Survivor experience than Michelle? Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, so my opening statement is actually that Michelle is one of the most consistent Survivor players of all time. Great. Which is, you know, a different side of the same argument here. Yeah. Um, looking at her in the terms of outwit, outplayed, outlast, she, between Korong and Winners at War, has had such a consistent character arc and such a consistent strategy throughout. And she's been able to use that strategy so well in different contexts within each season. And so I'm going to save some of those until we actually kind of get into the weeds here. Um, But Michelle overall is a consistent player, and that really is highlighted in the fact that she has played twice, only two-time player, to make it to the end without getting voted out. Um, And and that speaks for itself, um, and the fact that Michelle can play such a great and excellent, consistent game two seasons, um, six years apart, um, or four years apart, sorry, is, is extremely impressive. Yeah, great. So, Outwit. Outwit. I'm going to kick off here uh, with Michelle's Outwit. Yeah, just as a reminder, because we haven't actually gone over this before, but yep. uh, for those that aren't familiar with the uh, tri- final Tribal Council section uh, of the show, right? Outwit involves the social aspects of the game, such as building alliances uh, and making strategic maneuvers with people. Yes. And so, for Michelle... She has mastered an art that that I can't figure out, 
watching players on Survivor or even in board games or strategy games, things like that, this idea of being able to know the exact moment to cut her closest ally mm -hmm. in order to keep them as an ally from the jury or from the edge, but also to win the favor of the new larger alliance. She's mastered it. And in Ko Rong, her best move by far is voting out her day one alliance, Julia. There. And, and, and she had to get on board with that new alliance with Sydney and with Aubrey and with Ty in order to do that. And, and, and I can't imagine how devastating that was from an emotional standpoint. But the fact that Julia was her biggest supporter from the jury still and said, hey, I knew why you did it. You're, you're awesome for doing that. Uh, she did it again with Parvati. When uh, in Winners at War, when it split to three tribes, it's the three guys from uh, the the red tribe that I can't think of right now. Um, yeah. Versus Parvati and Michelle. Michelle cut Parvati. I mean, who cuts Parvati? But oh. <laughs> she did it uh, and ended up getting Parvati's fire tokens uh, and was getting advantages from Parvati from the edge. Yeah. Yeah, cut her biggest alliance there. Uh, and then again, uh, I think it was the final 10 when Tyson was voted out for the second time, mm -hmm. uh, when it was almost my dream alliance of like oh. Jeremy, Kim, Tyson, Denise, Michelle. Everyone's almost <laughs> dream alliance, let's be honest. And then Jeremy left as he should have. Uh, but then Michelle did not go down with the ship. She flipped and, and said like, all right, yeah, I, you guys are running out Tyson. All right. To save face with those new people. And, and she made it incredibly far farther than any of those others. And yeah. so um, such a great move there. My other favorite part of Michelle's outwit here real quick uh, is, I think it's final six, um, <laughs> after they vote out Jeremy in Winners at War, and Michelle knows she's on the bottom, and she looks at Nick and is like, what are you doing? You know we are next. You know Ben and Denise and Sarah and Tony are together. You and I are at the bottom. Why didn't you flip? And her ability to like convince him that he was wrong in his vote created such a tight alliance where then Nick is going, hey, hey, Michelle, I got this advantage and I can give a disadvantage to someone, make someone sit out. And ultimately, she got him to sit out who she wanted, Ben. She won that immunity challenge where Ben potentially could have. And so her ability to outwit, not only cutting her alliance, uh, but then also to kind of manipulate uh, some emotions there to get what she wants, impeccable. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, definitely mastered that aspect of the game of like, oh, you know what? It's, it's, I would argue, even arguably say that it's like the advanced anybody, anybody but me strategy. No, absolutely. That's what I was thinking okay, okay, as yeah. I was preparing this. It's, you know, I, I, last episode I argued for Sandra and right. I said that was her greatest move of anyone but me. Michelle not only mastered it, but then took it up about five right. notches. Right. It's because, like, yes, yes, a absolutely. Wait, in one incredible way. But I'm going to see your new and improved anybody but me strategy and raise you the game of Natalie Anderson and Sam Wandell, sir. As I went and reviewed that season, let me just let me just tell you some some great points of social maneuvering in that. And now obviously, right, Natalie won the season, so like of course we're gonna see everything through her perspective. And I'm sure there was other dynamics at play, but I don't know what those were, so I'm gonna go with what I have. Sam Wandell, sir. Her tribe goes to their first immunity idol. And Drew Christie is like, hey, I want to vote out Wentworth because I'm afraid of uh, an all-female alliance. And Natalie's like, well, that's stupid. Uh, and so what does Natalie do? Flips it on Drew Christie. And then later on, uh, <laughs> when uh, 
they're they're going to um, they're merged and they win a reward challenge. Uh, or sorry, later on when they uh, are they there's a reward challenge and, and one side wins and uh, and and not and uh, a tribe wins. Natalie decides to give up her reward and go to Exile Island instead with Baylor and builds what is ultimately the defining alliance of the season. And she gave up having to go, going to reward to go on that, uh, uh, go to Exile Island. So there's that. Uh, but then what's even better, I, I, this is the whole thing. It's that the narrative of her revenge against John Minch for voting out Jeremy Collins. Because what does she do in all that? Yes, she could have been bitter. She was upset. Nadia gets voted off first, already down. Then her other rider, die gets voted out in a very brutal way when she had just given up her reward for John and Jacqueline. And then they cut Jeremy. But what does she do? She says, I'm just going to wait for you. I'll see you outside in just a minute, John. Uh, and she goes... Uh, and later on, convinces John to play an idol to save himself, right? So there, there's a tribal council where it's that whole, like, uh, Keith goes, I say we stick to the vote. <laughs> and, like, giving the whole Reed's plan all away. Uh, and she convinces John to play his idol, builds that bond even farther. She takes John and Jacqueline on a reward with her so that she garners more trust with them. Uh, and ultimately... Boats out John the next day. Uh, and then <laughs> just, oh, man. Oh, man. Wow. Just, like. You just took your breath away. <laughs> I Just took my breath away. And it, that, that would be amazing if it, weren't also, if it weren't also the oops vote. That's where, one of my favorite votes. <laughs> where she uh, <laughs> doesn't want Keith voted out because she's afraid that uh, no one else will be able to beat John in an immunity idol. And so rather than going with the plan uh, to vote out the other Christie brother, uh, she votes out Keith. And then when they come back, like, Natalie, what, what were you doing? She plays dumb and goes, huh? was I not supposed to vote? And like, like she's confused. But the whole time, her and Baylor know exactly what's going on. And so ultimately, she is just, she outwit-wise mastered the social relationships of that, of that season. And was able to not be on the outs and then get back in power and then ultimately bide her time and wait and use that power. And she knew exactly when to strike and how she did it. And like ultimately, right, if if we also go back to like in her social dynamics and relationships, she got one vote wrong the entire season. Uh, And that was an idled vote of Keith's. Hmm. And that was the only vote that she cast that was, quote, incorrect. Um, now, obviously, I've talked a lot about San Juan del Sur. It's, it's her great game. But Winners at War, uh, I think her social dynamic, obviously, like, she wasn't in the main game that long, so I can't really talk about much about what's going on there, except for when she comes back with Michelle, and, like, they kind of run the, in many ways, they, they define the last couple, like, last couple votes of the for game sure. uh, between her and Michelle and them working together. Uh, but ultimately, like, if you go back to remember, she is playing the social game on uh, Winners at War with Tyson. And that, if we remember that moment where she gives up her own fire tokens so that Tyson can buy an immunity idol in case Tyson also gets back in. So, with that, she just 
great outwit sim- in, in different in a different way from Michelle. Uh, and but ar- arguably, like while Michelle is consistent, at least in terms of Natalie's game in San Juan del Sur, did more socially than Michelle did. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you on that. Yeah, I I think the same argument argument could be made that Michelle did a lot more outwit than Natalie did in Winners at War. Oh, for sure. Uh, because I, I did wh- say it was close. I did say it was close. Right, because even that, <laughs> giving Tyson the idol, um, I, correct me if I'm wrong, did Tyson, he didn't vote for Mich- or for Natalie to win. I, I honestly can't remember. Someone fact check someone, that. Someone fact I'm going to move forward that he didn't, uh, so I'd say, you know, maybe it didn't cause that much of an impact. That, that's fair. That's fair. So let's move on yep. here. Um, outplay. 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 Well, we've already talked about both these women in terms of single-season sole survivors. Mm-hmm. For women, they are uh, tied for the most by a female survivor. Amazing. But, so, like, and that's, I, that's tribe challenges and individual tribe challenges. Tribe challenges and individual immunity challenges. Amazing. Especially considering the amount of survivors who have played more than two seasons. Yeah. Two. For sure. Uh, and even more so uh, in terms of challenge wins, that also goes with, just to kind of put this in perspective, there are three people that have more in a, from a sole survivor. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are uh, Bob Crowley, got, got, got a <laughs> survivor component, which like, say what you want about Bob in that game, but like, homeboy challenges. knew how to, how to win some challenges. Uh, Tom Westman and Mike Holloway, right? So we're not talking about scrubs. Yeah. We're, we're talking about great survivor challenge players Mm -hmm. uh and so the uh ultimately like in terms of outplay and the idea of like how we're using both the challenge like that the kind of challenge aspects and then idols as well uh natalie finds several different immunity idols in her course of her uh survivor uh, both in san juan del sur and in winners at war and plays them correctly and not just that, I go back to what she does socially, right? She convinced, she knows not just where all the idols are, but then knows how to get other players to use, like when they need to use theirs, right? It's, hey, John, you need to use this immunity idol. Oh, hey, uh, uh, I'm going to use mine in uh, Winners at War. Obviously she was because she was the, the, the threat. But then we can never forget one of the greatest moments strategically in Survivor history when in the final five, Natalie decides uh, that she's going to cut Baylor and her mom because she knows that like she if gets down to a final four, she might be one that gets the axe, uh, especially if Keith wins uh, final three uh, immunity ch- challenge. And the person that she just burned in Jacqueline takes that idol that she's been holding on that she found with Baylor and uses it to vote Baylor out by asking Jacqueline, hey, did you vote for who I said you to? Amazing. I, I, Mic drop, <laughs> walk away. I have used that clip and that like scene to sell multiple people to watch Survivor. Yes. I mean, it's one of my favorites. I mean, oh man, incredible. And then if it weren't all that, if it weren't just San Juan del Sur, but we're, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room, Edge of Extinction. Because ultimately, that's just one big like outplay uh, aspect of the show, right? They're they're literally on an island like doing challenges the whole time, right? Sure, it's just one big. And let me tell you something about I got I got a nice little sheet of paper here. Okay. Uh, about the edge, because 
Natalie gets knocked for, like, she obviously got a lot of fire tokens. Uh, she had 14 the last, by, by the end of it, before that last challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone's like, well, she had more opportunity to find all the stuff on which the island. Which is true. Which is true. But just to put some things into perspective, there were 10 opportunities on the edge to get uh, fire tokens. Okay. She was in either one or was involved with seven out of ten of those. Wow. Uh, she was there for three days. Sorry. She was voted out day two. Mm-hmm. One day before the next person, which was Amber on day three. Danny came on day six. Ethan came on day nine. And Rob Mariano came on day 14. So we're not talking about, like, at the most, there were three other, two, at least two other people there that were there less than a week with, like, that she had an advantage on. Right? So... Sure, like, in t- but in terms of she had more opportunity, yes, but she used her opportunities better than anyone else on uh, Edge of Extinction and went and, knew, and went to work knowing that she wasn't going to be able to do the whole uh, outwit part of the game because she got voted out, she lost that part, but she dominated winners at war in outplay. And then not only that, goes on to win um, an immunity challenge uh, when she needs to and, and to get back in. Uh, so between San Juan del Sur, between Winners at War and dominating the Edge of Extinction, what a, what a, what a great player. What a great player. I mean, I, I'm not going to knock Natalie right, at all. Right. I mean, she is. I'm going to knock you and your logic because that's why we're here. Okay. Uh, okay. To say Natalie, so to quote you. Yeah, here, yeah, yeah. I'm glad um, you wrote that down. Yeah. To quote you, you said Natalie dominated the outplay portion of Winners at War. Yes. That is fundamentally incorrect. She dominated the the quote-unquote outplay, mm-hmm. which is the only aspect at the edge. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she dominated the edge of extinction mm-hmm. with everyone else who had been voted off. And th- this is a fundamental disagreement on, on the nature of the edge of extinction. Should the edge of extinction be in the game of Survivor? Absolutely not. Was edge of extinction in this game of Survivor? Yes. Yes, but it's a side game. It's not the main game. Nope. No, not when. Not when. It defines the entire game. And that when I vote someone out, I know that they're not out of the game, that they are going to the edge. And so that everything that I do uh, in the game, like I know that I have to calculate it. She did more without play. And now, and again, go back. It's because it's on the edge and that's all that there is to do. Right. Right. She, so, and she had more, more opportunities to do those. And so... We'll just have to agree to disagree. Great. Michelle here, outplay. Okay, earlier I said she is one of the most consistent... Survivor players of all time. Uh, And I said she knew exactly when she needs to cut people. Uh, She had the timing of Outwit down pat. Mm -hmm. Same with Outplay. She had the timing of how she excelled in Outplay down to a science. When she needed to win, she won. So classic uh, Final Four challenge of Ko Rong. She She knew she has to win, right, to get there. Yep, uh, I think it was like the massive one of the slide and yes, all okay, that stuff yeah, yeah, kicks right, over. You're right, you're right, you're right. Um, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, and that puzzle I think is incredibly difficult to do. Um, and she mastered it, proved everyone wrong that she could do that. Then went on a winning streak the very next uh, day or two days later to win that final three three reward challenge where she's able to vote out a jury member. I personally don't love that twist, uh, but she played it to the best of her ability. Um, And so played it super well. Same with Winners at War. Um, I I referenced, you know, her talking to Nick after Jeremy got voted off, knowing that Nick and I are at the bottom here. 
um, she knew going into it, she was getting voted out. If she didn't win that challenge, she wins the challenge. Yeah. And so for her, it's not the uh, quantity of time she's outplaying others like Natalie did. It is the quality and timing <laughs> of outplaying others for Michelle. She doesn't need to dominate the game in, in an outplay standpoint. She needs to have zoned in moments of outplay that propel her to the next stage of the game. Moments or moments? What? Moments. That's how like Tony usually says oh, yeah. moments on the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I think for that reason, uh, Michelle's outplay, it stacks up with Natalie's because it's the quality of her ability to do that. Or it, her quality of the ability of the <laughs> for her to find the right timing to win. Interesting, interesting. Yep. Because I would also argue that Natalie has plenty of quality out moments with the outplay. Uh, <laughs> like, because she almost, I mean, because of her, Sandra kind of pulls her little, like, uh, stunt in, in the, in the sh- like, all of the stuff that she put into the game from the Edge of Extinction had a profound, for the most part, had a profound impact on the game. Right, but it wasn't specific timing, like. Oh, sure, sure, but, but, but still, like, profound. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Outlast. Outlast. Uh, for me, Michelle outlasting, again, we, you said earlier these two women, uh, only two-time players to make uh, the final Tribal Council both their seasons. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Out, yeah. There's a clear elephant in the room. Which I've already addressed. Which so. you have addressed. Yes. Natalie got voted out first. Yeah. Um, now, she did come back. That's awesome. Good for her. Um, I was rooting for her to come back. Shout out to that. Uh, but Michelle outlasted 39 days without being voted out. Her torch has never been snuffed or in terms of, you know, from Nicaragua, smuffed. Um, <laughs> it has not been snuffed nor smuffed. It's a deep reference, people. <laughs> and so it, it's outstanding. Uh, winners at war, and she shared this at the final tribal council. She went to 15 tribal councils at Winners at War. That is so many. She was vulnerable to be voted out at 12 of them. She had two individual immunity wins in Winners at War, um, which is impressive, uh, and had the one uh, safe versus not safe coin flip, uh, which ended up resulting in like an immunity idol for her, that, that um, tribal council. So she lasted 15 tribal councils in an incredibly dif- difficult season uh, with some of the best players of all time. And so I think for that reason, she excels in this category uh, because Natalie played the game the way she had to. She, she played the cards that were dealt. Um, but the thing is, she didn't outlast. Um, she got voted off first and then came back in and made some moves at the end, which... I stand by, that's still a great game. I don't think that's a bad game whatsoever. But solely looking at the ability to outlast compared to others, Michelle takes the cake. I see, I see you, and, I, and, I, and I'm not going to argue that Michelle, Michelle doing what she did is incredible, right? I don't want any, I, anyone wants to say that, like, it's a, not a fluke, but like, well, she was on the bottom, so that's how she got there. Like, no, Michelle got herself to the end both times, 39 days, without getting your touch torch snuffed incredible cannot take that away uh, but my only saving grace in this part of the argument here uh, is the fact that as I said 
going into Winners at War, The Edge of Extinction, while I don't love it, we, we know it's an element of the game. Uh, and ultimately, like however you want to say it or not, and this goes back to our previous conversation where we talk about No Sansha quit. Mm -hmm. uh, because Edge of Extinction is an element of the game based on the parameters of that particular game. And so, yes, like in classic Survivor, did Natalie get voted out? Absolutely. But did Natalie get, did Natalie get eliminated from the game? No. Correct. Uh, and so, so from that, like that's and that's ultimately why they're using the statistics from Edge of Extinction in terms of days last, mm -hmm. because they are still in the game. Right. And it is true that she got voted off first, but she used her time well. But even more so, also from Winners at War, that, that's one separate. I want to go back to San Juan del Sur because obviously, like, what a great season. Right. But as a reminder, she was the only person in the final three not to have uh, their family member vote for them because mm. her family member was the first one gone. Uh, so in terms of outlasting, Natalie went to the entire through the entire game on her own. Uh, without without like for however long that is for everybody, like she never had the opportunity to pair up with her loved one and she still dominated that game. Uh, from day one, to day 39, and she still got four votes in Winners at War, so. That's true. Um, quick quick sidebar to that, Michelle and Ko Rong also didn't have a family member the entire game either. Great, but so neither did everyone else, so. Hey, I, I'm just saying. <laughs> Natalie had Nadia more than Michelle had her sister. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. But with that, uh, Alex, why we've been through Outwit, Outplay, Outlast. Why don't we do... Some closing statements. Yep. Uh, ultimately, what two fabulous women. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and I just, I'm speechless about both of them yes. because they, they, they exemplify some of the best of Survivor um, in, in both of their wins and both the ways that they play the game. Agreed. Uh, which is what made Winners at War ultimately such a great, like, fun thing to watch because it's all these players yeah. that are some of the best of the best. And these two contributed significantly to Winners at right, War. Right, right. And... Ultimately, I think when, when you compare apples to apples, Natalie to Michelle, uh, in terms of outwit, outplay, and outlast, Natalie just takes the cake just by the slightest edge in each of those categories. Uh, outwit did more uh, on her San Juan del Sur season to outwit and use that social game than everybody else, than, and more so than Michelle did on either her two seasons. Again, not to say that Michelle did not do those things, but Natalie did it more so on that season. Outplay dominated the out, what was the whole encompassing outplay portion of Edge of Extinction, or, excuse me, uh, Winners at War with Edge of Extinction. Uh, and Outlast was never out of the game, uh, though I, I will concede that uh, she did get voted out, though never actually out of the game. Uh, and because of that, it's again, very close matchup in my mind, but Natalie just has that edge of extinction. There it is. <laughs> I, I'm with you, Caleb, man. Like, as I was doing my research here for Michelle, I I was already a huge fan. I picked her on my, my fantasy uh, tribe for Winners at oh, War. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, and and yeah. you picked Natalie. I know. Um, what? <laughs> and so this is a fun fun moment. Uh, but I grew in so much appreciation for Natalie and and, and you're reminding me why Nat 
Natalie is such a great player too. Uh, both Michelle and Natalie are phenomenal players here. My closing argument for Michelle, um, Caleb, Survivor's all about stories, right? That, that's ultimately why we're here. It is. Um, he used my own words against I, me, and I, I don't <laughs> like this at all. Michelle has one of the best, the best character arts, arcs and stories um, of Survivor history. And so from Ko Rong, you know, she's sitting at the final tribal council and she's like, look, no one thought I could do this. Everyone thought I was too weak. No one thought I could be here, but I deserve to sit here. I'm a good player. I earned my spot. Give me what I deserve. And she's trying to like prove that she she should be here and she she should have been, right? Uh, and she had that confidence in herself. And that's what we love to see. Winners at War, you're seeing the damage of what the online survivor community did to her. Yeah, those people are terrible. Oh, man. <laughs> Who would be a part of that community? <laughs> we would. Um, but, I mean, Michelle earned her win in Korong. And, and to see that turmoil in her and kind of the fear in her at Winners at War, it was horrible. Um, and so it's still, she's playing this like, am I good enough to be here? Should I be in this game? Um, and it comes to the end of Winners at War to say, look, I deserve to be here. Um, and, and that same confidence, that same growth, the fact that she plays such a consistently excellent game and that she's still trying to prove herself and prove herself. Um, what I love about it is that she believes in herself. Uh, and has that confidence in herself. And I think, I, I, I'm sad that not everyone saw it in Korong, but I think at this point from Winners at War, we all see it and we can all put her on that ele elevated status uh, of an outstanding Survivor player. Awesome. Wow. What what amazing women, as I've been saying all episode long. Uh, there you have it, yeah, folks. So follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at Speaking Llama. Uh, tell Caleb all the things he got wrong uh, and give me all the praise. I would love to hear it. Um, I'd love to hear both of those things. And so engage with us. Let us know what you think, who you think won here. Was it Caleb arguing for Natalie or was it me arguing for Michelle? We'd love to hear it. Uh, and we look forward to uh, Speaking Llama again with you next week. Yeah, everyone have a great week and... Uh... We have another great episode coming for you next week uh, with two more amazing players. See you soon. <laughs>